1: Welcome to another episode of the Traveling Image Makers with your hosts, Ugo Che and Ralph Velasco. Hi, Ralph. How are you doing?
2: Hey there, Ugo. I'm doing very well. How about yourself?
1: I'm doing good. Are you home?
2: Yeah, for now I am. I'm getting ready to hit the road in about a week and a half or so, heading off to India, Vietnam, and Thailand through the end of the year.
1: Cool. How about you?
2: You got any travel coming up?
1: i'm about to hit the road as well actually i'm about to leave tomorrow but it's going to be a much shorter range trip i'm taking a five day trip down with with some friends who are coming from australia and i wanted them to show a little bit of italy so i'll be down in tuscany for a few days and then in venice uh with them for a few more couple more days uh it's uh more of like a trip with friends than any organized tour or anything, but it's still going to be a lot of fun, a lot of opportunities for photography, hoping the weather holds, which is, these days we're going, we're having, it's finally autumn here and the weather is not the best, but we'll we still hope that we'll get some great scenes.
2: Sounds like everyone's dream trip uh, to go to Italy, Tuscany, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, got friends when friends come from abroad and I want to to see a little bit of Italy. These are some of my favorite destinations. Um, Anyway, let's talk about this episode, which is a a bit of a special episode. We've done this in the past. We've actually done this three times in the past. And the way it works is we we do what we call an expert roundup. So we ask a question to some of our past guests. And we collect our answers, and then we put them all together uh, to see uh, what's that, what are their the views, their opinions about a, a specific topic that is of, of interest uh, for our audience. And uh, the question we've uh, we asked our guests uh, this time is what makes a great travel photograph. And I think Ralph, correct me if I'm wrong, but we've discussed this in the, in the past. Uh, with with other guests. So, um, what's your what's your take on that? What what makes a great travel photograph, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a big, big question and something that's very subjective. And uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So, something that is uh, very much from someone's own opinion. Um. You know, my thought is that it's something that uh, really gives a sense of place. It uh, really gives the viewer an idea of the place and the setting, the environment that the, uh, the subject or the person is trying to photograph, if there is a subject, uh, the landscape, something that gives a sense of place. To me, in a sentence, that would pretty much be it, and that's very much generalizing, though
1: yeah that's uh i think some of our guests and you will hear that will have uh, responded along the same lines and uh, to me personally uh, i've started more and more thinking that a a single it is very hard to create a single travel photograph Uh, sometimes it can happen but it it works best as a story so specifically on, on my blog, I, I like now to, to write those uh, those articles, where I call them travel stories. And these are collections of photographs. It's very hard for me to to get a single photo and think that it, it's a great travel photo. I think a single photo can be a great photo. It's very hard to convey a sense of of place with a single photo as uh as opposed to, to a series of them but, but i don't know maybe and yeah i've seen that uh, again with, uh, with with our uh, guests uh, experts responses and, and so we will uh, soon hear them we got 20 of them did, did i say so so it's been a great turnout a lot of, uh, lot of different opinions, a lot of different perspectives. And it's, uh, it's been great listening to them and putting them together. And I'm sure our audience will appreciate that. We need to do this. More often, I think it's just that it, it takes a ton of work to <laughs> contact everyone, gather the answers and, uh, and then do the, all the editing and so on. But it's, uh, it's, it's very rewarding work.
2: Yeah, it's a big job. And uh, it, we have this incredible resource now that the podcast has been up, what, three, four years now. And we've got this incredible resource of tra- uh, travel photography experts that we've had on the show. And I think it's great that uh, every now and then we go back and, and try to uh, you know, tap into this wonderful resource and get these different opinions from some of the top photographers in the world.
1: Yeah, and I'm f- of course very grateful to to everyone who um, who sent us a submission, their little uh, recording in their own voice, telling us what makes a great travel photograph, according to them. So I'm not going to list all the names because listing twenty names right now it's going to be a bit long. But you will before every uh, before each single uh, segment uh, we will say the name of the person and a little bit of their. Um, Uh, information about them. But of course, there's a whole uh, post on the website that goes together with this, where you will see uh, the transcript of this and information about every single uh, guest, about every, every one of them, their name, their little photograph, a little bit of link to their website if you want to know more about them. And of course, a link to the episode episode or episodes that they were guests of and uh, so you can listen to more of what they have to say if you haven't already been following this podcast for for a long time
2: Yep that sounds great um I I can't wait to to hear what the people have said because I haven't heard this at all so I'm looking forward to when this episode comes out myself
1: So before uh, giving uh, the microphone, so to speak, to our uh, experts. Uh, is there anything you got to coming up? Uh, any new tours? Uh, you said you're going to, to India, but uh, what's what's coming up for you in the next few weeks or so? Yes,
2: yeah, so I'm uh, heading off to India and Vietnam for group tours, and then I'm hoping to uh, perhaps get a little rest and relaxation myself towards the end of the year, perhaps going to a beach in Thailand or somewhere in that area. And uh, then into next year, I've got to start the the travel show, the travel and adventure show, uh, speaking circuit, and I'll be uh, in Chicago, San Diego, LA, and Washington, DC, and hoping to be at the New York Times travel show. But uh, also still have some spots on my uh, Cuba trip in February, uh, one or two spots on Portugal in May, and uh, Costa Rica, one or two spots in June. So uh, trips are filling up nicely. How about yourself? What else do you have coming up?
1: Well, aside from this short trip, uh, not not much travel plan in in the winter. But uh, I would just like to to mention a little thing that I'm got going on. And it's a a webinar, it's a free webinar that I'm holding together with our friend, Ken Kamineski, who was our guest on this podcast, I think it was a couple of times, and he's also on this Expert Roundup. We're doing um, uh, a webinar on safari photography, wildlife and safari photography specifically, uh, because he's just returned from another wonderful trip, tour of Tanzania, and we're going to do this on November 15. Uh, sorry, November 19. That's Monday, November 19. The time is 10 a.m. Pacific or 1 p.m. Eastern or 6 p.m. GMT. Uh, it's going to be free, as I said. Uh, we're going to uh, deal with topics like how to select the best locations for going on a safari, what kind, what type of equipment to bring, uh, what type of techniques to use to get sharp and well-lit pictures and also practical tips about uh, traveling, uh, uh, luggage, uh, safety, health uh, recommendations, and so on. And uh, people can sign up for it on my website at www.ucphoto.me www, yes, slash safaris. So check it out. It's free. Uh, sign up for it. And uh, it's going to be November 19. All right. Uh, so I already mentioned my website. And as for you, Ralph, uh, I want to say where people can find you.
2: Yeah. So if people like to find out more about me and my tours, simply go to photoenrichment.com. And you can follow me on all the social media networks at Ralph Velasco and at Enrichment.
1: Great. Um, for this podcast, uh, you will find this episode and all the others at ttim.photo.com. And of course, uh, as the Traveling Image Makers podcast on Apple podcast, Google Play, Stitcher uh, and also Spotify, by the way. So we're pretty much on all those channels. You can find uh, us easily and subscribe whatever uh, application or uh, website uh, aggregator you want to use for listening to us. And so that's uh, that's really all in terms of an intro. Let's just uh, uh, give uh, the microphone over to our experts. And the first one is Barbara Weibel from Thailand, who was uh, our guest in episode 11. That's a long time ago.
3: I actually laughed when I read your question, what makes a great travel photograph, because it it brought back an instant memory for me. I think I'd been on the road for maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, and I got an email from my father, an elderly father, who had been following me around the world. And he said, where are all the people in your photographs? And it made me stop and not only think, but look back at what I'd been shooting. And I realized that I was spending a lot of time waiting for all the people to move out of my photos so I could get that sort of iconic shot of this of this famous site uh, and what he wanted to see, especially given that I write about cultural travel, is the local people. He said, "I want to see what they wear, what they look like, uh, how they act and and I'm not seeing any of that in your photos and From that day forward, it really made a huge difference for me in the way that I I shot or or staged shots, if you will. I no longer wait for uh, the the landscape to clear. I take a shot with people in it. I do try and uh, look for shots that have local people in it so that people can get a flavor of the destination where I am. But I don't wait for everything to be clear anymore. And I think that that has made a huge difference in my photography, in the interest in my photography. People always say they love seeing my shots because they feel like they're right there with me. And anybody can take a pretty shot of an iconic site like, you know, the Eiffel Tower or whatever. But what makes it interesting is how people interact with those sites. So that's my tip for this roundup. Thanks. Bye.
1: Thanks, Barbara. You raised a great point. Next up is Brian Peterson, who was our guest in episode 83.
4: And the question is, what makes a great travel photograph? Well, two things, in my opinion, and those two things include, if not limited to just those two things, one, it is a photograph that is not something we've seen countless times before and two, it is a photograph that is not anything remotely involving a composite. So those are my two criteria for a great travel photograph. I honestly ask myself, because I'm certainly guilty of this at times, why am I going to a place and photographing what essentially is the same photograph we've seen countless times, and then trying to suggest that this is somehow fresh, original, and should be exciting to others who view it. The only way that's going to happen in something that's really familiar to us all is that something quite unique took place in that particular travel photograph's location. And of course, I'm referring now to the proverbial, although highly unlikely rainbow, or the proverbial or highly unlikely showering down of lightning and thunder, Uh, something along those lines. But my point being is that make it fresh, make it somewhat original, if at all possible. And once again, uh, this oftentimes involves looking for fresh points of view, lens choice, time of day, different weather. And so on. So there you have it. That's my feeling about what makes a great travel photograph. Hey, this is Brian Peterson reminding all of you, until next time, you keep shooting.
1: I certainly like it that Brian doesn't pull his punches when it comes to talking about travel photography. Awesome. Next up is Daniel Korzeniewski from Florida, who was our guest on episode 77.
5: Hi Hugo, Hi Ralph, Daniel here, sending you warm regards from sunny Florida I am starting to prepare for my upcoming tour to India and I was thinking about your question What makes a great travel photo? Well, for me, a great travel photo is the one that can tell a story and convey sense of place But what is that, right? I think that in travel photography, sense of place is about transmitting the unique characteristic that makes a region and the people that lives there different or unique It's about communicating feelings, perceptions, emotions, the way that people interact among themselves and also within their environment So, I think if you can manage to capture that, then you got a great travel image And you know what, that's what I love about travel photography I think that as photographers the constant search for these images make us more aware, more observant than the average person or traveler And at the end of the day we come back home with a better understanding of the people and the culture of the place we have visited Well this is going off topic now but I hope your listeners got the point, thank you
1: and thanks back to you, Daniel. The next uh, segment is from Doug Kay, who was our guest not once but twice in episodes 24 and 134.
6: I think the first thing you have to ask yourself is what is the purpose of your photograph? How is it going to be used? Is it going to appear in a travel book or a magazine? Is it just for your personal memory? Are you trying to create fine art? Do you plan to license the image or sell prints? Is the audience just for yourself? Is it your family and friends? Or are you making an image for strangers? Likewise, you need to ask yourself, is the image going to be standalone? Or is it going to be part of a presentation? What's the context? Is it going to appear in a magazine with other images of the same location? Is it going to appear in a gallery with other images? Or as I say, is it going to be all by itself? Are you trying to make the postcard photo? You're trying to just make a record shot so that you'll have a memory of a location. Normally we'd criticize that. We say, "Oh, that's just a postcard shot." But there is a real place for those. There are times when you want to have images like that. In any case, you want to capture a sense of the place. You want to feel the place. Yes, you can take a picture that's a close-up of some object or some detail, but that really only works best if you combine it with wider-angled shots, record shots as they call them. No matter what, you want to make an image that makes me want to go there. That is, unless you're just creating a memory for yourself. You know, there are shots that will work that will just remind you of a place. You'll remember what it sounded like. You'll remember the temperature, the humidity, the smells, all the noise, all the people. If it's just for you, that's fine. But if you're doing an image for other people, remember, they're only going to be able to see primarily what's inside that frame, that rectangle. Whatever is outside the frame doesn't exist as far as other people are concerned. The only exceptions to that are when an image is in the context of other photos or in the context of an explanation. That's where you're giving a presentation, you're describing a situation or an image, or there's text that goes along with it. In most cases, though, the image needs to stand on its own. It needs to be fully self-explanatory, and it has to capture the complete sense and emotion of what you're trying to portray. Most of all, a good travel photo has to be a good photograph. And as always, try and create an image that has as much impact as possible. Thanks and good luck making terrific travel photos.
1: So that was a very articulated response from our friend Doug Kay. And next up is uh, Ibarion Xperello, who is the, the host of one of the longest-running photography podcasts, uh, The Candid Frame. Ibarion X was our guest in episode 64.
7: What makes a great travel photograph? Well, I think it's an image that captures what it was like to be present in that moment. And I think in order to achieve that, the photographer has to slow down. Typically in our normal lives, we're always rushing. We're always trying to get from point A to point B, trying to take care of all those things that are on our to-do list. And that really robs us of any opportunity to be fully present and aware of what's happening and what we're experiencing in any given moment. And the great thing about traveling and being on vacation is that you have the opportunity to indulge slowing down, of just taking your time to not only experience a moment, but to carefully observe the the small things that make it something special, like the Quality of the light or the flow of line and shape of the architecture or the natural world. And if you slow down and you really take your time to observe, you can make much more informed decisions in terms of how you want to photograph a scene. Because when you slow down and you're really not just making a snapshot and just taking a couple of pictures and then rushing off to another location. You really get to be immersed in the moment, and that informs how you want to photograph it. And when you do that, you can make remarkable photographs, photographs that not only look good, but reflect how you felt at that given moment. So when you share that photograph with someone else, they can look at it, and they can get a glimpse of what you felt like being in that spot, making the photograph, and just fully embracing that sliver of time that you had in that special place.
1: Thank you, Ibarion X, for a very special answer. Now we have James Mayer from New York, who was our guest in episode 72.
8: I think great travel photography is very different for each photographer. I love taking photographs when I travel, but to be honest, I feel uncomfortable with it. I feel very comfortable at home capturing good images because I know the area so well, and I can create interesting, nuanced photos that capture the spirit of the area over a long period of time, waiting for the right moments to occur. With travel photography, I always struggle with the idea that I don't know the area well enough. If I can barely photograph where I'm from in a way that I like, how can I tell the story of another place unless I spend a long period of time there or multiple trips learning the place? But that's just my own insecurities, and I think photography can be done well when one travels. So for me, the key is to learn as much as possible about where you're traveling and photographing and to do your best to give your own spin on it. The advantage that you have is that you bring a fresh eye to a place. You can see things that other people who live there might take for granted. It's similar to when I show travelers around New York. I really benefit from watching how their eyes see a places that I've been to a million times. It helps me a lot to keep fresh. I'll leave this with two quotes from two of my favorite photographers who have a completely different philosophy, Alex Webb and Trent Park. The first one is from Trent Park. Whenever I travel overseas or have to shoot for Magnum in another country, I find I just make very graphic pictures. They occasionally might be visually interesting, but they sit on the surface. I am not really interested in any other country. Most of my projects last for years. I don't feel I can achieve anything worth saying in a few weeks in a place. I've always been interested in why I'm drawn to something and why I eventually push the camera button. Most of it comes from memory, the subconscious, and events I experienced growing up. The beach, the outback, the suburbs. I could never leave any of it. So much to do here in Australia. There is just no time for anywhere else anyway. The next quote is from Alex Webb. My most basic process as a photographer is to wander, allowing the camera and my experiences to lead me where they will. I try to arrive initially in a situation or a place with as few rational preconceptions as possible. Both are incredible photographers who capture unbelievable images when they travel, but they have completely different philosophies, and that's what I find most fascinating.
1: Great. 2 thought-provoking quotes from two very different authors. Oh, thanks, James. Next, we have Juan Pons, who was our guest in episode 106.
6: Hi, this is Juan Pons. And for me, what makes a great travel photograph is not just an image that captures the essence of a place, although that is very important, but that it also captures the experience and connection I personally had with that place. These types of images are certainly challenging to make, but when you do make them, they will not only transport you back, the maker, with that place, but will also transport the viewer and connect that viewer with you and your own experience.
1: Thanks Juan for reminding us that the camera looks both ways, as they say. Then we have Karthika Gupta from Chicago, who was our guest in episode 121.
9: My name is Karthika Gupta and a good travel photograph, in my opinion, is one that really forces you to stop and think about what you're photographing. It's not just, oh, let's find a cool place, photograph it and move on, but really spend some time to understand what's so special about the place or the person or the thing that you are trying to photograph so that you can accurately communicate the story behind the image.
1: Very important point about uh, the story of the image, as Karthika says. So who we have next? Uh, none other than Ken Kamineski from New York, who was with us in Episodes 56 and 125.
10: Hey Ralph and Hugo, how are you doing guys? Thanks for including me in your roundup. Um, this is a great question and one I think we all get asked quite often is, what makes a great travel photograph? Well, to me there's three things that really make it, uh, and that's number one, does the photo move you in some way? Uh, The second one is, does this photograph that you're looking at tell a story? And the third factor, and I think that's pretty much the most important one in any judgment of any photograph, is do you personally like the photograph? So let's start with number one, does it move you? Um, Do you have some kind of emotional reaction to the photograph? Is there something in it that compels you to keep looking at it and and explore the possibilities to lead you to the number two, which is, does it tell a story? Uh, But let's stick with number one. Um, So for example, um, as you guys know, I run photography safaris in Tanzania every year. And this is somewhere where we get a lot of uh, images that all of our guests take Uh, that can be quite emotional because we're seeing these beautiful animals in front of us and for many people this is the first time that they're getting a chance to see everything from lions and leopards and hyenas and giraffes and elephants and antelope and crocodiles and rhinos and the list just goes on and on Uh, and oftentimes they're put into you know situations where there is an emotional reaction that takes place whether it's baby cubs that, you know, lions are nursing and there's, you know, half a dozen of them crawling around and it's the cute kitty factor or it could be something as uh, vicious as the crocodiles attacking the wildebeest as they cross the Mara River. Again, each one of these gives you that kind of emotional reaction but in a very different way. Um, you know, others can tell a story Uh, and you know to me one of my favorite photos from this year's safaris was actually uh, during one of the big river crossings where thousands and thousands of wildebeest and zebras were crossing the Mara River and the dust was flying the water was splashing and There's just this haze of dust in the air and we can barely see the the zebra in the foreground and the wildebeest even less in the background, but you can tell that there's some kind of fury and chaos, but beauty behind it as well. And that, to me, really moved me. And it also told the story of the crossing and, you know, all, all of what goes on in terms of that craziness that, you know, we're used to seeing... Uh, in National Geographic specials or in the magazine or any kind of wildlife uh, photography that we've seen from the Great Migration. And yet to see it personally, uh, whether it was myself or the guests I took this year, uh, everyone was just absolutely touched and had a very strong emotional reaction to what was going on. And this lasted about 20 plus minutes in terms of the intensity of the amount of animals that were just you know going through this crazy phase of splashing through the river avoiding the crocodiles uh, and you know creating this dust storm around them and as well it was just absolutely fascinating um, and then the third one I think really the do you like it is gonna be something that again applies to all images that we're judging on a personal level and whether it's something that's shot by a professional that you're gonna see in a magazine or in a website or in a book or whether it's shot by you uh, it could be you know you're an advanced amateur or a beginner it doesn't matter do you like the image and that to me is very important so take the time to explore what you like enjoy it and just realize that if you like it if it has some connection to you if, if it's a personal image to you that brings back a story that you can relive in your head as you look at those images years later then that makes a great travel photo.
1: Next, we have another long-timer, Lauren Bath, who was with us in episode 22, and she's from Australia.
11: Hi, I'm Lauren, and I'm a full-time travel photographer and Instagrammer. Uh, To me, a great travel photograph is one that has layers to it. Uh, Anyone can travel to a great spot and take a photo of it but not everyone has the ability, skills and patience to take that average photo and turn it into something exceptional. And I'm actually not the best at it myself, but I am pretty aware of the shots that I take and I'm always working to improve them. Uh, So the first trick uh, to a good travel photograph is a great location. Uh, Once you've got a great location, it's time to start thinking about your composition for the shot. Uh, Do you want to follow the rule of thirds? Do you want to use the natural lines in the environment? As leading lines in the shot, Uh, can you clear up the corners and minimize any distracting elements. Uh, Once you've got that solid composition and you're really happy with it, then the next layer or the next element is uh, usually great light. So I love to shoot at sunrise and sunset for great colors, soft light and long shadows. So you've got your scene, you've picked a composition and you're shooting in interesting light, so sometimes the only thing left to do is to wait for the unexpected. Uh, like a fisherman walking past with his day's catch in Oman or a girl in a red jacket strolling into your shot when you're in Switzerland or a happy dog running on the beach in Australia. And that's when you shoot. So you've got the great composition, the great light and an interesting element um, added to that as well. To me, that's a great travel photograph. I hope that helps.
1: The next segment was sent to us by Luca Bracali from Italy. Yeah He's Italian like me, But I think he stays most of the the time, he just travels worldwide. And I think this uh, recording was sent to us from Myanmar. So here's to you, Luca.
12: Well, a great travel photo is something that really goes far beyond a classic beautiful picture. We are used to see so many beautiful images posted on Facebook and Instagram by many photographers, sometimes also pro images that are able to catch so many likes and comments on the social media but those images very rarely will be seen in magazines such as National Geographic or Lens Culture. The reason is because they are simply pretty shots but without a soul. A great photo must be able to communicate a story, to transfer an emotion, to catch a moment that no longer will be seen. And a great travel photograph must have these outlines, featured by an impressive subject, a strong light and a perfect composition. The less post-processing, the better it is. Unfortunately or likely, in the digital era everyone can take a picture quite easily, but this won't be a great photo. It remains just a click.
1: Thanks Luca for reminding us that uh, a great photo is so much more than a pretty picture. Now we have uh, from Hamburg, Germany, Marco Larus, who was our guest in episode 120.
13: Hello, Ugo and Ralph. This is Marco Larus, street and documentary photographer and photojournalist based in Hamburg, Germany, and also host and producer of the PPN Photo Podcast Network. Thanks so much for asking me for the Traveling Image Makers podcast What makes a great travel photograph? Well, I guess <laughs> that is always the question, what makes a great photo? But let me share with you how I approach this whole thing. I think when I travel, the camera is my companion and I enjoy to take it as an excuse to go out to explore a city or country or how people live. It is a tool that helps me connect with people. I remember in my early days of photography, that I was in Tokyo at a time when there was not so many foreigners there really, and I really stuck out and I had my old analog Leica camera and that camera was always a good point of starting a conversation with locals as good as they could at the time. Not so many people spoke good English in Japan and it helped me to connect to people. And also sometimes they took me along, showed me special places that I would have not found by myself. So First of all, the camera is really my motivation to go out and capture pictures. Next thing I think is very important to really reduce the gear so it doesn't drag you down, doesn't make you stick out too much. So small camera, maybe one lens, maximum two, not a huge bag so you don't feel like the weight is really Dragging you down, or that people will look at you funny when you run around with too big of a gear. Whether you're in a country where people don't have a lot of money and a camera like that will be worth a whole year of their income, or if you just don't feel good in the back alleys where you want to explore. So, small cameras will certainly help. And then I really like to go with the flow try to explore a place and see what is unique to you. What do you see? Where are the stories? Where are the moments where you think, wow. I would not have expected that, or this is beautiful, or maybe not so beautiful. But as a documentary photographer, really, I look for a way to show the whole picture. And I know it's difficult to think of everything when you want to take a good picture and not miss the moment. But think about if your image that you're capturing also gives the viewer an idea of place and time. Keep that in mind to capture in your images. And I guess, so it's not so much about the technical side. It's really about a vision to cut down on gear and focus on the essentials and stories that surround you and that make a place unique to you. And that's really, I think, the starting point for any good travel photography. So this was just my short opinion. Thank you and best regards from Hamburg, a city also worth traveling to and exploring.
1: Thanks, Marco. Hamburg is definitely one of the cities that I want to visit. Uh, pretty soon, I will, I hope. Next, we have Marioli Vasquez from London, who was our guest in episode 143.
5: For me, a great travel photography is one that tells a story and captures the essence of a place through a composition, light, and elements. It makes people connect to the scene and engage their imagination.
1: And now we jump literally to the other side of the world with Ollie Dale from New Zealand, who was with us on episode 111.
14: In my very humble opinion, what makes a great travel photograph is also what makes any photograph good. And that is the ability to take the viewer on a journey. Pardon the pun, of course. Um, the viewer sees your image for the first time and stops they stop thinking about facebook they stop thinking about what they were doing they stop thinking about anything else and they see your image and it takes them somewhere it takes them out of where they are it takes them to an idea or to an emotion or to a place literally Um, sometimes a great photo can be quite simple but it has that ability to transport the viewer through a range of emotions and and out of where they currently are. And the more that your image can allow that viewer to just immerse themselves in the color palette or the composition or the, the construct or the story that's going on between characters in your image the more that image will be powerful and successful as an image because people will remember it as, as, as an experience rather than just something they flicked past on their social media stream or as they were wandering through a website somewhere. Um, so to me, it really is all about the journey and about the success of how the image can transport a viewer to somewhere else.
1: Transporting the viewers somewhere else. Isn't that what we all want to do with our photos? Thanks, Oli. And now on to Photo Joseph, who was our guest on episode 144.
15: This is Photo Joseph. What makes a great travel photographer is someone who is not afraid to get into the unexpected. There is so much that we're not accustomed to when we're traveling, at least, there is if we're traveling somewhere interesting, and that's the whole the whole point, after all. And if you are afraid of the unexpected, afraid of the unusual, afraid to get close to something that you're not comfortable with, then you're never going to come away with great photos, at least not photos that you consider great. And at the end of the day, it's got to start with you. So if you're not willing to get close to your subject to get into uncomfortable situations, and that doesn't mean dangerous, but just places where you're not used to being, into environments where you are out of your norm, out of your comfort zone – If you're not able to do that, then you're probably not going to come away with great photos. But as soon as you remove that fear and just allow yourself to get immersed, get into the environment, into the scenario, walk up close to something and just be unafraid, then you can start getting great travel photos.
1: Letting go of your fears and getting out of your comfort zone. Great advice, Joseph. Now we have Franco-Italian photographer Pia Parolin. Uh, who had uh, the, the pleasure of meeting in person recently. So, hi, Pia, and thanks for your contribution. And Pia was with us in episode 140.
16: So, the question is, what makes a great travel photograph? I'm Pia, I'm an amateur photographer. I travel a lot all over the world for my work as a tropical biologist. And I find myself very often to stop and look at a picture because it has this wow effect. Mostly it's a big landscape. It is something that really just makes you want to stop everything and pack your suitcase and just go to that very spot on the planet. Um, But what makes it to have this wow effect and this uh, wanting to just grab your suitcase and, and leave? I think uh, mostly this happens to me with pictures of wide landscapes, with infinity, with beautiful colors, warm colors, very bright colors, and uh, representing something known or not known that just is amazing from the point of view of the landscape, of the maybe the architecture of the houses that are represented. And I think that it's the whole composition that is really important together with yeah this infinity feeling and this feeling of a very remote place that was caught in a special moment with special light. So, yeah, I think... The important thing is to call the emotions that you want to just, yeah, you just want to go there right away and possibly try to take the same picture, but not necessarily. Just a a travel photograph that goes right into your heart and into your brain to calculate how you could possibly go there.
1: Merci, Pia. Our next uh, expert comes from episode 44, and uh, her episode was aptly titled Great Travel Photography. So let me introduce Susan Onisco.
17: What makes a great travel photograph? A photograph can be technically perfect. Composition, exposure, sharpness is all spot on, but something's missing. It's impact. How do you get a photo with impact? You can probably ask 10 different photographers and get 10 different answers, but here are some of the ways I personally try to create a photo with impact. For animals or people, I look and wait patiently for moments or interactions between my subjects. It could happen on your first photo of two lions sitting in the shade nuzzling in Africa, or the 500th photo of the same two lions. Patience pays off. Perspective. Try to photograph something from an unusual or different perspective. The viewpoint most often photographed is the viewpoint we see every day, eye level. I am always photographing something from above or low laying on the ground. Laying in penguin poo in Antarctica is a moment that I will never forget. No one around me will ever forget it either, as I smelled pretty bad afterward. But it was totally worth it to pin penguin interactions on a clean, ha-ha, pun intended, background. By holding a camera above my head, I may look like a madwoman to onlookers, but seeing a basket of eggs photographed from above is a lot more graphic and interesting to the eye than they would be at eye level. Know how to use natural light, but learn how to use flash for people and nature photography. When you use flash, you create contrast and add sparkle and life to the eyes. Another benefit is that with high-speed sync, you can shoot during hours in the day that you normally wouldn't. But seriously, sometimes that impact from the photo is simply luck. You're in the right place at the right time. You know the photos, the breaching whale mid-arc, the perfect sunrise creating the perfect reflection. Luck definitely plays a part of this. I recently merged my old Aperture library into my current Lightroom one and found out that I have to date taken over 650,000 photographs since I started in digital photography. How many of those would I consider a great travel photograph? I will not share that number, but what I will share is the more you shoot, the more opportunities you will have to create great travel photos.
1: And now another lady and another New Yorker, Susan Portnoy, back from episode 65.
9: Hey guys, it's Susan Portnoy. Here is my audio tape. Um, Okay, here it goes. A good travel photo to me is one that stops me in my tracks. It has to have something that makes me want to know more. It could be a specific element that originally attracts me, maybe it's the composition, it's the light, perhaps the subject itself, but there's gotta be something that makes me want to know more, to look at it longer, to to really absorb it. Realistically, if it's a good photo, it's probably uh, the result of using all those elements together successfully. I also think a good travel photo has a strong sense of place and some kind of a story to tell. It makes you think about the image after it's gone. When I look at photos, it has to evoke more motion me than just a pretty picture. Those are a dime a dozen, and truly, a truly great travel photo will make you wish you had taken it yourself. I have a whole collection of images from other photographers that I love and that make me envious. I learn so much by looking through them. They inspire me to experiment, try different angles, break some rules. Um, in short, a good travel photo will make me want to grab my camera, run outside, and shoot.
1: Stopping people in their tracks that's all it takes. Not that it's easy. Thank you, Susan. And now we have uh, Taylor Jackson from Canada, and uh, his episode dates back to a long time ago. He was with us, in fact, in episode number nine.
18: What makes a great travel photograph? Um, I guess there's two ways you can kind of take this question. The first way is what makes a great travel photograph for you. And I think that that is something that brings you back to the exact spot that you were or the experience. And as a photographer, um, I guess a little bit more can go into that experience where if you bring your tripod and you set it up on the Venice um, on one of the bridges and you spend a couple hours there, that that will bring you back to that moment. And it is something that means something specifically to you. Um, The other way that you can kind of take this question uh, that is maybe a little bit more important if you want to make photography your career is what makes a great travel photograph and also a photograph that sells. Um, This was a bit of a surprise for me uh, because we did this trip to Antarctica and I took all of pretty much my favorite images up until that point of my life um, on that trip and it turns out that not a whole lot of them actually sell because it is so um, something that not a lot of people have experienced whereas when we do uh, a gallery show from Photographs in Italy, People have been to Italy. um, People have experienced those, um, those plazas and, um, I don't know, bridges in Venice. And it's, it's just something that can actually bring them back to their spot. So they're essentially purchasing, um, I guess like a better version of what they probably took on vacation. Um, and I think that that is what makes a photograph, a a great travel photograph that sells is if you can kind of blend those two elements, if you can make something that's incredibly visually appealing, um, and also include elements that are, um, almost like borderline cliche. Um, and I found that those are what sell the absolute best for me. Thanks for
1: having me, guys. Thanks, Taylor. It would be great to have you as a guest again on the show after all this time. And uh, finally, last but not least, our very good friend, Valérie Jordan, uh, who was with us in episodes eight. So she's a veteran of this show and then again in episode 92. And that's all for this episode. Thanks very much to everyone who participated and thanks for uh, to our audience for listening. Your following us is always very much appreciated.
0: Bonjour, it's Valérie Jardin and thank you for including me in this expert roundup about travel photography. So what makes a great travel photograph? In my opinion, it, uh, it will be not be a postcard shot. Uh, that's about the last thing I want to capture when I'm traveling is a similar shot to what I see on the postcards at the airport, because then what's the point, I might as well just pick up the postcard, it's already been done. You want to do something differently, you want to think outside that postcard shot and capture something truly unique, make your own iconic photographs of a, of a place. And um, so what makes a truly unique picture? Well, first of all, if you start including people in your shot, you will have a unique photograph of of a place or of a landmark. Um, and then think like the travel editor of a of, um, of a magazine. You know, think of. Uh, of a series of photographs to to tell a visual story. Um, so you'll have establishing shots, which are the the big picture. Then you'll have some medium shots, and then lots of detail shots. It's those detail shots that really are important, and those can be as simple as. Uh, um, fruits and vegetable uh, at market. People exchanging money. People shaking hands. Some beautiful smiles. Some uh, uh, some signage in the in the language uh, of the place you're visiting for a sense of place. Um, and then uh, people walking their dogs. Uh, close up on. Uh, on on your on the menu when you're sitting at the restaurant, those are the unique shots. And if you are traveling with your family and you want to photograph your family, try to stay away from the corny shot of the the family standing in front of the Colosseum or the Eiffel Tower or whatever. Um, try to uh, Get shots of your family doing things that locals do, whether it's uh, sitting at a cafe or uh, playing uh, a game of pétanque or bocce ball or uh, interacting with locals. Those are going to be much more memorable um, uh, photographs and uh, they will really tell the story of the place. So try to stay outside of the postcard shots and try to stay away from the cheesy shots. Uh, I mean, get those if you really have to, but uh, but you can do much better than that and uh, and you'll have a, a much better travel album. So I hope this helps. Merci, au revoir.
1: Did we say we had 20 experts participating in this roundup? Well, turns out we made a mistake, because we overlooked one, uh, so we really wanted to edit at the last minute, because it's, uh, it's just great. And it is from our friend Jordana Wright from Chicago, and that makes 21.
19: Jordana Wright here. So I am answering a question posed by Ugo and Ralph, and the question is, what makes a great travel photograph? and that seems like a pretty straightforward question but it's actually not because there are so many ways to achieve amazing travel photography it's one of the most complex kinds of things you can do um, as with most types of photography beauty is always going to be in the eye of the beholder so you're never going to take one picture that pleases everyone um, the number One thing I try to do when I'm shooting and when I'm teaching people travel photography is to create um, a sense of place through visual storytelling. And those are two huge concepts that can really be unpacked individually over hours and hours of discussion. But basically what you're trying to achieve is putting the viewer in your shoes at that moment. And I think the quickest and easiest way to do that is to um, search out clues in the environment. So things like language in the background, written language, um, cultural visuals that kind of help you pinpoint where exactly in the world you are. Um, Specific colors that might be you know, clues as to the location, things like the color red in Japan, you're going to see the color red everywhere. Um, The blue and white of Santorini, like those colors really help bring you into the shoes of the photographer because we've seen these images time and time again. So we recognize what these colors represent. Um, Looking for those little subtleties to try to kind of bring the viewer into the image with you. Um, One of the things that I teach in my travel photography workshops and classes specifically is how you can kind of hone an image by adding those subtleties and creating those clues and basically turning the viewer into somewhat of a detective. So what I typically do is I'll show two images side by side. And one is a picture of a coffee cup. It's a latte. It's a very attractive latte, but there are absolutely no context clues. You have a cup, you have a saucer, you have a teeny bit of latte art, maybe a little cute swirly in the top, that's it. Then I show another image next to it that is this beautiful image of a latte and you get so much context information because it's on a slightly reflective table. So what you can tell is you're an open shade. Um, There is a sugar packet on the saucer of the cup that is one of the European style sugar packets so you can tell that you're overseas, you're not in America. Um, It has one language written on the cup. Um, I think it says something in English, and then the sugar packet, I believe there's um, Italian writing on it. So you have that context. There are so many little details that the longer you look at it, the more you can kind of piece together where you are. So if you can learn from that kind of a situation and try to help the viewer suss out all of these details, it's really going to help them engage with your image more and create more of an impactful photograph. So that's the long and the short of it.